so just quickly want your opinion on what my opening shift was, which was the rookies um, facing a little bit of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say discipline, but um, certainly a vote of non-confidence, maybe a little bit from coaching with the scratch of Beecher in Toronto and Pacha's limited minutes in Toronto, especially in the third. I also noticed, I think it was in the second period of the game tonight against Columbus that Pacho, they, they skipped at least one of his shifts. Um, so I don't know what your opinion, on, guys, is on where, where they stand and if this is something that you thought's warranted. So I'm going to let Scott – I'm going to be smart here. And I'm gonna let Scott speak for me because I, I I think I know his his opinion on this night and I agree with him. Um, so before he gives what I believe is his and my take on both of them, what I will say is I do think where Montgomery is coming from, and I was listening to part of the game tonight on the on the radio, and uh, Bob Beers was was talking about Beecher, and he was kind of he was kind of critiquing some plays he made tonight, uh, a couple of ill-advised passes that I feel like is an informed opinion just from being around the team, maybe, and, you know, traveling, you know, like I think just knowing how the coaches think, I think that they see a player who's young and should be really hungry um, and has a lot of speed and can impose his will at different areas of the ice. And I think that they want him to be, I just think they want him to be a little bit smarter with his decision-making and just, I think they want him to use his size and his speed every chance he can. I think that's where they're coming from. And now I'll throw it to Scott because I do agree with him. I saw what he wrote online. Yeah. So like a lot of people, I was surprised by the beach of scratch. Um, You know, Montgomery said that basically he thought Beecher's play had slipped that he hadn't been, as effective as he was earlier on this season for, you know, a stretch of at least several games. Um, and I, I really hadn't seen that. And I didn't think there were like really any numbers that backed it up. Like he had, he had scored three goals in six games uh, prior to getting scratched. He went the entire month of November without being a minus at five on five. He was, a plus or even in every game they played in November. Um, you know, the couple things that stood out trying to think of like, you know, what would Montgomery have seen that he didn't love? And I did think the Detroit game, he was a little off on the PK and he was on the ice for uh, two power play goals against. Now he wasn't alone. I thought the whole PK struggled in that game. And then the game against the Rangers, he had, kind of like a weak play slash costly turnover that led to a goal. It was, you could argue it was like a tough pass from forward kind of in traffic, but nonetheless, Beecher had a stick on and then lost it. And Brian, you mentioned, you know, beers talking about a cup. I obviously wasn't listening to the radio broadcast, but I'm wondering if one of the plays is one that stood out to me as well, which actually was, I think it was another forward pass. Um, kind of came up to the wall to Beecher and he sort of did like just sort of like a one-hand poke up the boards 
and it was way too soft and it was kept in the zone. Um, so like, yeah, he hasn't been perfect, but I was surprised. And I guess my one issue with it is set doing it on Saturday night in Toronto, big rivalry game, hockey night in Canada. Like when you bench him for that game, it really does feel like a punishment and not just a, hey, we're going to give you a game to rest, reset, watch from the ninth floor, you know, take a break, reset, come back tomorrow type thing. Like, if you're if you're planning it ahead, I, for a guy who's played every game this year and for the most part I think has played pretty well, I don't know. I kind of would just want to have him in the lineup against Toronto. And then, you know, if you had to – sit him Sunday night against Columbus. Cause you felt like you wanted to do that. That's fine. Um, that said, you know, other than that, that one play that stands out to me, I, I did think he played pretty well Sunday night. Yeah. And, and also I wonder if it's kind of a message like Oscar Steen is, you know, also an adequate fourth liner. Like you're, you're not safe is a message that can really motivate people. Um, and so maybe there is an intention an intention there to uh, be like, yeah, Steam's right here. Um, you guys are, you know, don't feel comfortable. Make sure you're working your ass off every night. You, you know, this isn't just you made the team and you're on it for the whole season. Like there are other guys who want your spot. Oscar Steen is one of them who would love to be a regular on the fourth line. Uh, so probably part of it there. And now I want to get you guys thoughts on the Potra stuff, because I think that not to make excuses for Potra for plays where he, well, for games or just like maybe a few shifts where he goes quiet. He also has had a lot of rotating wingers around him. And I just don't really know if he's gotten, we, we, we kind of always go back to talking about what line could work best and, it never seems to be pot like Patra aligning necessarily with the right people. And I don't, I don't know if that's like, you know, you can say like, okay, well maybe he's the common denominator. I don't think he is. He makes some smart plays and he, like I saw him even today on the power play have a few times where he was very patient and was able to hold on to the puck and, and it paid off and, you know, they kept possession. He didn't force a pass. He's good at that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you guys think that, it's overly harsh too. Scott, you called it like a de facto benching in the, at the end of the Toronto game. Uh, do you think that was necessary? I guess would be the question. Yeah. Brett, Brian, before you answer, I just, so I, I asked Montgomery about this before Sunday night's game. Um, and, you know, basically like, what's your message to Patra when you don't really use them in the third period of, of, you know, a one goal game like that. And, and a said, game that his entire family was at. That's his hometown. Yeah. Like Toronto was the yeah, team. And, and, and his first game there as, as a pro. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Montgomery said it's an opportunity to watch and grow and learn. Um, he laid it out that, you know, they had a one goal lead with eight minutes left. We're going to go with the guys that have been tried and true before. And he's got to sit there and watch if he gets the opportunity and he will. He's got to do the right things without the puck to be able to be out there. Um, and, you know, I know, like, when I tweeted this, uh, 
the responses were like, oh, well, they blew the lead anyways. They went to overtime. And to me, that's sort of conflating two different things. Like that is specifically, which we haven't even gotten into yet, but that is like a specifically an issue that the Bruins have had going against extra attackers um, late in games when they have a one goal lead and it becomes a six on five situation. Whether Potra should be using that is sort of a different discussion to me. Like what we're talking about is, you know, Potra had three shifts in the third period and I don't think any of them came in like the last 10 minutes of the third. So, you know, that's really what we're talking about is like, trying to close the game out five on five, protect the lead shift after shift. And I think it's just a matter of Montgomery doesn't fully trust him in that situation yet. Well, um, I think, I think if you look at that, which we can't because it's an internal stat that we don't have access to the 50, 50 battles, you notice Potra losing a, a few of them just purely based off of, you know, size matchup, um, and I wonder if that factors in, like we don't want him to be able to get bumped off the puck and lose possession. And, and, you know, that could, that could factor in as well. And he did, he took a big hit by Reeves. Like, well, we all thought maybe Reeves was going to run at Marshawn, but it ended up being Reeves uh, hitting Patra and it ended up being a boarding penalty. So yeah, it was for, for Patra, he does, struggle sometimes in the physical battles where maybe, you know, you're putting a veteran in there. That's a little bit bigger. You don't, who has the better 50, 50 numbers. Like we mentioned the internal stat, maybe that's why. Well, and I'll also note in the Toronto game specifically um, on Max Domi's goal. Now it really, it really comes off a tough turnover by Kevin Shattenkirk where he just completely misplays the puck. But if you watch that, at the moment it's turned over, Patra and Max Domi are basically even. Like, they're standing next to each other, and Domi takes off like he shot out of a cannon, and Patra was slow to react and never catches them. So that also could have been a fact in there. Yeah, I, I think I think what you said, Scott, is true uh, a few minutes ago. It's very obvious that Montgomery just simply just doesn't trust Patra uh, in – in big time moments holding a lead against a, you know, not superior to the Bruins necessarily, but just like a superior opponent in the league. Um, that that's obvious. And he he, he more or less said it himself. Uh, the, the, the thing is it's kind of a catch 22 because how do you, how do you learn? Um, it's not like, like the Bruins have made their decision with Patra. He's here. So you can't you can't protect him forever. Like you or let me put it this way, you can't protect the Bruins' fate forever without putting him out there at some point. Like when when the playoffs comes around, he's either a part of your team or not. And when the playoffs come around, you do need to allocate ice time appropriately. You can't overplay certain guys. Like everybody's going to pull on the, pull on the rope there. So um, from my perspective, okay, I understand it's a it's a big regular season game, but in the long run, what's more important, like you know, putting Potter out, not putting Potter out there to try to preserve the lead uh, in December against Toronto, at the, at the expense of not giving the kid the opportunity to learn for when real 
real important moments come through. So there will be times this year, situationally, where they can get him into those situations, maybe not against Toronto, but I don't know. I mean, he, if you, the way I see it, if you're on the ice, if you're on the team, you should be, you should be able to do what's asked of anybody else out there. Obviously, certain guys are gonna have different roles, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like you can't protect them, and you can't protect the team from him. Like he's either on a team or he's not. So I think and going forward, I, they should try to integrate him in all situations when appropriate. Yeah, I agree. Like, how do you how do you learn how to play in those situations if you're watching from the bench? Um, so that's that's definitely a good point. Like you you maybe the fact that it was Toronto is the only reason, but two points are two points. Um, you know, you, you might be looking to stave off the same thing in a, in a game with a much lesser team, two points are two points. Um, and they count the same in the standing. So, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily like it, but I understand that Charlie Coyle, if you can get him to, you know, if he's physically able to increase his ice time in the third, he's somebody that does win a lot of battles. He is somebody that does win a lot of face-offs. He's a guy that maintains possession, gains possession. And, and when you're trying to hold on to a lead, like that's the name of the game is possessing and not allowing your opponents to have a lot of that, the time with the puck on their stick. So I understand like there are guys on this team that can do a better job than Patra for sure. Um, especially when you look to a Charlie Coyle and a Pavel Zaka who are, you know, they, they're just bigger. They, they win more of those battles. Well, and just to clarify, right. Because not that this is exactly what you're talking about, Bridget, maybe it is, but like, as it, as it pertains to a six on five situation, protecting a lead, like you go with, you go with your best, you go with your best players and that's not Patra. Right. But as it pertains to playing him at all in the last 10, 11 minutes of a game, like you're not, you're not talking about a fourth line winger who you're like, you're not talking about Ryan Reeves, something Toronto. Like you're talking about your third line center. Like you don't, you're no, no, no NHL contender is, is, is benching or not playing their third line center. Like a regular shift in the third period. Like you're supposed to roll those top three lines and then spot the fourth. Yeah. And, and that's an important thing to note too, is like what we're talking about. It's not just like, Patra exclusively is getting benched. It's it's a shortening of the bench where they're rolling three lines because you know it, Jacob Lauko and um, Oscar Steen didn't get much playing time in that third period either. So and in a couple games before that, it was like the fourth line wingers didn't get a lot of ice time. And but really, what's happening is in that situation, you know, with a lead in the third period a couple games early in the season it was basically johnny beecher got elevated to third line center patra was essentially demoted to the line that was now getting skipped over with the shortened bench and that same thing happened saturday where it was basically morgan geeky moved up to third line center and got regular shifts with that line and patra got cycled down to a fourth line that wasn't being used um so, yeah, I, I do think, you know, at some point you have to use them in those situations. I would say if, like, we're sitting here in March and Patra's still regularly getting benched on the third period, I, I'd be more concerned. 
right now I do think you're still at a point where like he is learning the NHL and learning how to play defense on the NHL. And it's okay to have him be part of, you know, that line that gets cut out with a shortened bench. Like I, you know, the people like, like some of the reaction on online is like, Oh, you're, you're going to ruin his development. You keep benching him in the third period. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think he'll be fine. He's, he's a 19 year old kid in the NHL. Like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'll get over it. Um, he also seems to have a good head on his shoulders. So I don't think he's going to go moping around the next day because he only got three shifts in the third period. But yes, at some point, like he, he has to develop those habits that Montgomery wants to. And then Montgomery is going to have to trust him at some point to actually go out there and do. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen him not smiling. So I don't think it affects his uh, confidence or his mentality too much. I don't, and I think he, I'm sure it's been explained to him as well. Like, you know, you're, you're new to this league. You have things to learn. Um, and this is one of them. So we'll like, we'll get you up to speed in a way that's not like exposing, you know, exposing you, I guess, in a, in a important situation. But anyway, guys, it is late. It is late. I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, so the Bruins were off until Thursday. They play, they're playing the Sabres. Um, one last thing just to know, I don't really know if any of us really mentioned it, so we'll just say it, but not really elaborate, but David Pasternak was a absolute animal on <laughs> Saturday and just really kind of, you know, showed, um, showed all of North America on, on a primetime hockey night in Canada game, just how, how good he is. Um, but again, we don't want to dive into that cause it's, it's, it is late. So we'll save that for Thursday. How's that sound? And until then. Well, Brian, so just thinking on the fly here, but because we have this little so bit of close, a, Bridget, I was so close because we have this little bit of a gap, whether, whether we do a full mailbag episode or just uh, take some questions, mm-hmm. um, we might as well for our next episode. So people yep. can send us questions at the skate pod on Twitter slash X uh, <laughs> skate skate pod at wei.com for email or uh, comment on the YouTube video or send a letter to Scott's address. Like we said, most effective way to get through. Yeah, send a letter to Scott Kringle. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, good reminder, Scott. That is true. So we will do a mailbag on Wednesday. Um, thank you all for listening. Enjoy your work week, and we'll talk to you very soon. Hey, guys, thanks for watching the Skate Podcast. If you want to see more of our videos, visit our playlist. Not in front of a screen? You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And if you enjoyed this video, please don't forget to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment.